Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in this Sunday morning. Um, We just cannot wait until the time we get to meet together again under the same roof, the same place, Um, getting to hug people and shake hands and just see you guys in person. Trust me when I say this, I am dying for that time. Um, I miss you as your pastor, as your friend, just getting to see you guys. So we're praying that everything is good with you, and we hope, hope, hope that your family is safe, and that in a weird kind of way, that you're also enjoying this uh, quarantine time, this time that you get to spend with your family. There's a couple of things I want to go into real quick before we jump into the message this morning. Um, And I want to give you our vision and our goal and our dreams that our leadership team, our board and our staff uh, prayed about and came up with for the year 2020 and 2021. It's a two-year dream. It's a two-year vision. And I know that right now may seem like an awkward time to talk about dreams and visions and where we're going as a church, but I can't think of a better time for us to be talking about this. And um, as your pastor, I need you to be praying over these. And not just praying over these, but getting involved and making these things happen. That we are the church and we're called to prevail no matter what what the circumstances, no matter what's going on in Foundation Church, it's our go time. Um, we're putting uh, we're putting all our energy, all our effort into making Jesus famous here in Tulsa and to the ends of the earth, and we're not taking a break from that. And so I want to go over these real quick with you this morning and just ask that you would pray about it, get involved with it, and let's see these dreams and these visions happen. The first one is this, we're praying for a move of God to happen here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, where God is just drawing people to him and the lost are becoming found. We're praying, secondly, for spiritual growth to happen, that growing equals changing, that people are getting plugged in and involved in our FC Grow that happens right after our third service this Sunday morning at 1 o'clock on a Zoom chat. We would love to have you involved. Man, you have nothing else to do right now, so why don't you invest in growing in your life spiritually? 
The third one is to build a contagious volunteer culture. For you to not just come to church, but you to serve church. For you not just to be a taker, but a giver as well. And that you're giving your time and you're using your resources and you're using the talents that God has put in you to invest into someone else. Number four, we want to reach 1,200 people in attendance. And I know that that intimidates some. I know that that may uh, rub some people the wrong way. But hear me, our heart behind that is people. Plain and simple people, and we will constantly do everything we can short of sin to reach people because we understand every name, every number represents a name, and every name has a story, and every story has to be, has to be changed and impacted by the message and the power of Jesus Christ. Fifth, we want to build a culture of generosity, that you would be generous with your time, you'd be generous with your finances. And Foundation Church, thank you so much for being generous with your finances. Thank you for getting it, man. We have a giving church, and we want to continue to be that. So, man, let's be generous people that are giving to the kingdom of God. Number six, that we would uh, be involved in our local outreach here in Tulsa to grow, and we've got several different things coming that we were planning on announcing um, that, that are coming that, that we can't wait for you to be a part of that's going to reach the local community here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then the seventh one is this, is to find a new building. Um, we understand we are running out of room. We understand that we are, are going to have to find a new place, and we are looking, and we are um, being very passionate about all of these things, all of these goals, and um, we hope to have news for you on all of these seven different goals um, that, that we are chasing after and going after. So do this for me as your pastor. Be praying about these things. Write these things down. And let's be a church that, man, how exciting to have a vision. How exciting to have a purpose and a goal and a dream to go after. And Foundation Church, hear me this morning. Man, let's do this. Let's go achieve the vision and goal and dream that God has given us and set before us. And let's set Jesus front and center of this church and run after him and not be apologetic uh, for the vision and the dreams that he has given us. We need your help. It's go time, church. Today we're in a series. We're starting a new series called Why. All about the question why. And, and when, when you've got little kids, and many of you know this, that if you have preschoolers especially, why is one of the number one questions your kids are going to ask? Why, mommy? Why is the sky blue? Why do fish swim underwater? You know, why, 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 why? Why do we have to clean the house? Why do I have to go to bed? Why, why, why? And it's one of those things that we ask very early in life, and nobody has to tell us to ask why. We just come by it naturally. And today I want to talk to you about this question, why? Because the simple reason is there's a lot of us that we're in a place and in a stage of life that we're asking that question right now, why? And as we get ready to dive into this this morning, I want to tell you, this is a message I've been praying about because I know that being at a place where you're asking the question why, it's a hard place to be. For some of you, it's a, it's a, it's a hurting place to be. It's a heartbreaking place to be. And you're sitting there and you're stuck asking the question why. Why, why do good things happen 
to bad people? Why did I have to go through that? And so today we're going to really try to address that question. Why do good things happen to bad people? I mean, why do bad things happen to good people? And the other question is, why do good things happen to bad people, right? Why, why do all these things seem to happen? And, and, and why, why did I have to go through that? And I just want to be real honest. I may not be able to answer your question this morning. I'm not going to get up here and have a superficial, hollow answer for you this morning, but I want us to be real, and I, I hope this uh, genuine, the genuineness comes through the screen right into your living room today, and that hopefully when you're done with this message and we've concluded, that you may still have some whys that you're asking, but you're better equipped and you have more of a piece about the whys you're asking. I asked one of my, my, my best friends in the world, man, we're like brothers. Um, we've been best friends since high school, Corey Spurlock. Uh, if he would allow me to share his story of something that him and his wife went through um, in the year 2009. And so he sent me his story um, that I think will really resonate with, with, with some of us, some of you that are going through those why moments. Um, and, and it was amazing for him to just be really raw and open and just transparent because as he was typing that out this week, he just said, man, I just started bawling again like a baby. And I realized I still have some why questions. And uh, to kind of pick up on what their story is, he said this, Jennifer and I were married in 2000. Beginning around 2002, we decided it was time to start trying to have kids. After several years of trying, we began to seek the advice of a trusted OBGYN to assist from a fertility high-risk standpoint. We began years of painful fertility treatments, medications, painful injections, and any fertility treatments that we could afford. These years of fertility treatments and disappointments took a toll on Jennifer in our, in our marriage, and after approximately eight years of trying to get pregnant, we decided it was time to stop and accept the fact that having a child through natural pregnancy was not going to happen for us. With heartache but resolve, we took a step back to focus on ourselves. And, and let me stop there for just a second because I know there's a lot of couples that that's where you're at right now. That this story is really true and, and really raw. And so I really want you to focus in. Maybe, maybe you know somebody that is struggling with that right now. This would be a great, great message for them to listen to. Said this, we also began to investigate other avenues to having children, including adoption. Jennifer has always wanted to adopt. However, it was not something I had ever considered. After much prayer, we decided to begin investigating adoption. Over the course of that year, we researched, interviewed, and were readying ourselves to take that next step. But at the end of 2008 and the beginning of 2009, something amazing and miraculous happened. Out of nowhere, we found out Jennifer was pregnant. Over the next seven months, Jennifer enjoyed the most perfect pregnancy anyone could imagine. She felt phenomenal the entire time. No morning sickness, more energy than ever, nonstop joy. She enjoyed every day of her pregnancy and built a relationship with our new son, whom we called Alex. To say the least, our family and friends were elated as well. Everyone was over the moon excited. She was higher risk, and I was not only a first-time father, but a physician, so I watched over her every move to ensure that she was in top shape, as did her physician. 
as we were not going to take any chances to let any harm happen to her or to Alex. The third week of July, we had plans to celebrate this new joy coming our way, and family and friends were converging on Oklahoma City to celebrate. And several days before this celebration, Jennifer woke up early in the morning with intense pain, agony, and bleeding. We were terrified. We rushed as fast as we could to the hospital. I was a physician and a man of God, and I'm just thinking there's no way I or God was going to let anything happen to my wife or Alex. As our OBGN arrived and they performed an emergency ultrasound, I watched in horror as Alex's lifeless body, with no heartbeat, was projected onto the screen. I fell to the ground in horror and heartache. Alex was gone. As we moaned with pain and disbelief over the next hours, not only had we lost our child, but Jennifer fell into critical condition. She was in preeclampsia, her body consuming itself in hypertensive emergency, and only a few weeks from expected delivery, Alex was gone, and Jennifer was dying. As Jennifer was being stabilized, she began being prepared for induction so she could safely deliver Alex. The pain of labor is unmatched, but the pain of having to labor and deliver a child, you know has died, and you know you won't be able to take home with you and raise, is incomprehensible. After laboring for hours on end, she delivered Alex and held his lifeless body, saying goodbye. After stabilizing, I was able to take Jennifer home from the hospital, but we were devastated, empty, and leaving a labor and delivery unit without our child. As we drove away from the hospital that day, we were beyond broken. We were devastated. Why did God allow Alex to be taken from us so violently before we even got to know him? Why, why did he allow Jennifer to become so ill? Why did he allow us to struggle for year after year to become pregnant and gift us with this child only to take him from us. Why, why as a physician didn't I see anything coming and why couldn't I prevent this? Why did God allow us to feel so much pain from this? And I, I remember walking through this. I remember walking into that, that, that labor and, and delivery unit and seeing my best friend Corey. And I mean, we didn't say a word. We just started crying and hugging, and man, I, I remember still today that painful situation, walking through that with him, and the hurt, and, 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 and man, there were whys for every, everybody had whys. Nobody had answers. Nobody had any answers that made any sense in that moment, and there's still some whys that persist and, and echo out, even though it's been years since this situation has happened. Why, why, why? And, and it gets me thinking, why do we ask the question why? What, what, what are we looking for? What are we searching for? When we, when you, when I, when we sit there and we say, why is this happening? Why is God allowing this to go on? Why, why did my life take this path? Why did my life take this turn? Why did this occur? What are we seeking? And I, I really think as we're asking that question, what we're seeking is we want a reason. One of the things is we just want a reason. The second thing is we want understanding and, and, and for something to make sense. While we're asking why, man, if I can just understand the why, if I can just make sense of the why, if, it, if there's something that, that just makes sense and there's a reason for the why, maybe that will help. For others of us, we just want clarity. 
And there's some of us, man, you're watching at home today, and you've been asking why for a moment. You've been in a phase, and you've been in a season of just asking why. And the reality is there's no easy answer to that why. Your, your why looks different. Why, why did I have to get cancer? Why, why teenager, college student, why, why, did my, why did my parents have to get divorced? I didn't want my parents to get divorced. I, I, I didn't want that. Why, 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 did my, why did God allow my family to split up? Why did my marriage fail? Why, why did I have to go through divorce? Why did I have to go through bankruptcy? Why did I have to go through financial hardship? Why is this whole pandemic happening right now? Why what, doesn't God just stop it? Why, why are these things happening and going around? And, and hear me, if you're asking that question, man, there were people in the Bible that ask why all the time. One of my favorite passages uh, of someone asking why is, is the psalm, it's Psalm 10, verse 1 from David, and it simply says this, O Lord, why do you stand so far away? And why do you hide when I'm in trouble? And some of you, this, this right here sounds really familiar. This verse right here on your screen sounds so familiar to you today. Why, why, Lord? Why do you, you seem so far away, and why is it that you seem to hide when I am in trouble? Why do you feel so distant from me? And I, I would love to give you an easy answer that fixes it all and makes you feel better, but here's what I want you to understand this morning when it comes to why and, 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 and when it's dealing with those hard things and those things that you wish didn't happen. And, and I know this isn't easy, but listen to me this morning. The first point is this that I want you to understand is that hard times and heartbreak and trials are part of the journey. Man, hard times and heartbreak and trials are part of this life and part of this journey that you and I call life. Man, we're in a fallen world, and it's not, it, it's not a perfect world, and it's not going to be a perfect life. And all throughout the Bible, it talks about, man, there's going to be trials of many kind. You know, James 1 talks about, you know, consider pure joy when you face trials of many kind, and there's all sorts of verses. In fact, it says this in John 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. When Jesus is saying that, he, he's not just talking to the masses. He, he's not just talking to the crowds that his following has gathered. Jesus is having the last real conversation with his disciples. In this moment, in this time, he's, he's talking to his friends. He's talking to guys that he's made memories with. He's talking to followers, his, his disciples, that he's laughed with and he's cried with. And they've, they've been traveling and they've seen miracles and they've had experience. These are his Friends, and in one of the last moments and the last real discussions that he has, he spells this out and he says, guys, listen to me. It's, it's not that I don't love you. It's not that, that I'm not for you, but hear me on this. Man, here on earth, you're going to have many trials 
And you're going to have many sorrows. Didn't mean that God didn't like them. It didn't mean that, that, that he, he wasn't for them. It didn't mean that they were bad people. He said, here's the reality of life. Some of us were saying, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Man, if you know anything about the apostles, the disciples, out of the 12, 11 of them were killed, were murdered. These were great guys. These were phenomenal men. The only disciple that is believed to have died from natural causes is John, John the Beloved. And the rest of them were crucified, beheaded, stabbed to death, boiled, caught on fire. I mean, there, there were horrible, horrendous deaths that these guys, did it mean that they, they weren't loved? Did it mean that Jesus didn't love them? No, 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 no. He was setting up and saying, guys, there's going to be moments that aren't fair. There's going to be moments you don't understand. There's going to be trials and there's going to be situations that you could never imagine in your wildest dreams that are going to happen to you here on earth. But take joy and take comfort because I have overcome the world. For first century Christians, suffering was the rule rather than the exception. And while you're struggling, and man, while you're dealing with your why, There's something that you and I and we've got to remember that is important that if we're going to make it through this hard season and this moment that we don't understand and we're stuck asking why, when when we're facing these trials and these heartbreaks and these hard situations and and you're like, Justin, I know life's going to be hard. I understand that, but that's not happening. If you're not going to shipwreck your life and your faith, there's something you and I, man, we got to understand. And we got to get it deep down in our heart today. And it's simply this. Don't confuse your why with his character. Man, you you can't confuse your why and your season with God's character. We, We sung and we sing different songs. And last week we sang... Garden to grave, garden to uh, uh, graves to gardens, and, and just talking about you know that there's a line in there that says the God, the God of the mountain is the God of the valley, and, and can I tell you, man, it is great when you're serving the God of the mountain, and it's easy to shout, yes, God is the God of the valley too. The same God that's the God of the mountain is the God in my valley. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will feel no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, right? It's easy to shout that and believe that when you're on the mountaintops of life. But man, when you're in the valley, it's something, it's, it's something you don't want to necessarily hear. But hear me today, just because you don't want to hear it doesn't mean that you don't need to hear it. And some of us, we are confusing God's character with our wife. Just because you're going through a situation and a circumstance that you don't get and I don't get and you didn't ask for and I didn't ask for and you can't explain and I can't explain doesn't mean that God still isn't a good God. It doesn't mean that God doesn't still love you. It doesn't mean that God isn't still faithful with you and for you just because you've experienced heartbreak and you're confused and you don't understand. Hear me today, if your why isn't going to shipwreck your life and your faith, you cannot confuse your why with his character. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 39. 
says this, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? This part's so big. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? And I think some of us were there. We think, well, if God really loved me, I wouldn't be facing these problems. And and Paul is saying this. Paul, the one that was beheaded and spent and and wrote a ton of the New Testament from prison. He's saying, "Does, does it mean God doesn't love us? Does it mean that God's not for us if we're hungry, if we have trouble, if we have calamity, if we're persecuted or destitute or endangered or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for the, your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, all the problems, all the whys, all the things you don't understand, all the things that don't make sense, all the things that you can't reason with, all the things that it seems that you can't get past and can't get over, and you're struggling with this morning no despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us who loves you at home and loves me right here and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love neither death nor life neither angels nor demons Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in uh, the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I tell you this morning, God still loves you when you're asking why. God still loves you when you don't understand. God still loves you when you are hurting. God still loves you when you feel shipwrecked. God still loves you when you are confused. God still loves you when you feel like he's distant. God still loves you when you don't know if you can make it. God still loves you even when you can't feel it. God still loves you even when you're going through bad things that you don't deserve. God still loves you despite your problems and your situations and your circumstance. This morning as you're sitting at home, hear me, don't confuse your why with his character. God still loves you. Don't just because my situation changed does not mean God's character did. He is still a good God. He is still God of the mountain. He is still God of the valley. And he is a God that loves you and is with you this morning and understand this and this is hard when you're in the hurting man when you're in the situation where you're just like but but why why this why did you have to take that why did that have to happen and in the middle of that why and in the middle of that hurt and in the middle of that confusion understand this today you can trust even when you don't understand so huge you can trust even when you don't understand but be real honest every time I fly to Africa and I I get on a huge plane to fly to Kenya I don't understand the silent the science that that enables this plane that is massive and carrying hundreds of people 
and hundreds of blood. I mean, I see people buying and bringing big screen TVs back to Africa. I'm like, you have cable in the bush, but apparently they do. But hear me, they, they will... There's tons and tons of people. There's tons of luggage. That, that airplane alone weighs that much. I don't know how in the world that plane gets off the ground and is able to go from America all the way to Kenya. But you know what? I don't have to know how it works in order to trust that it's going to. And just like I can trust an aircraft... And some of you are like, I don't trust that aircraft, but just like I can trust that aircraft, even though I don't understand, I still trust it, and I fly it, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that they're going to get me from point A to point B. Hear me, you can trust your Heavenly Father. Man, you may not understand it. <laughs> it may not make sense to you this morning. You may be hurting. But can I tell you, if you will trust Him, if you'll trust him even in the midst of your hurt, even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of your confusion, if you will trust him, he can get you from point A to point B. I loved what Rick Warren said after his teenage son committed suicide. Rick Warren, the pastor in California, said this, can you be content whether God explains it or not? Knowing the reason won't ease the pain. You don't need God's explanation as much as you need his presence. And this morning, so true. You know what? The explanation is going to come and go. And you don't need the explanation near as much this morning as you need his presence. His wife, Kay Warren, said this about, his, about their son's death. She said this. She says, there's hope. It's so important that people know no matter how desperate their despair, their is hope and don't give up and rick warren and Kay warren are right on the antidote of dealing with your why uh, uh, right on the antidote the answer of how do you deal with why how how do you make it through situations that you don't understand romans chapter 5 verse 1 through 5 says this therefore since we have been made right in god's sight by faith we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. This sounds great. This sounds awesome. I'm all in. And then verse 3, and we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Despite my problems, despite my misunderstanding, despite my confusion, despite my why. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. His hope will not disappoint. You want to know what the antidote is to your why? It's simply this. Be joyful in hope, patient in trials, and keep praying. Be joyful in hope, patient in trials, and keep praying. How do you not shipwreck? How does it not wreck your life? How does it not wreck your faith? You stay joyful in hope. You stay patient in trials, and you keep on praying. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope, 
patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. I love what it says out of the ERV. This is the easy read version. I love this. It says, be happy because of the hope you have. Be patient when you have troubles and pray all the time. You want to know how to make it through your why season? It's right here. Be happy because of the salvation that you have in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why you have hope. We don't mourn as those who have no hope is what Paul said. Man, you have hope. Be joyful. Be happy in the hope, in the salvation, in the relationship that you and I have in Jesus Christ. You say, well, just I have nothing to be joyful about. I have nothing to be happy about. No, hear me this morning. There's something way bigger that goes beyond this life. When Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain, that's what he's talking about. Man, I have joy and I have hope because of a relationship and a salvation that I have through Jesus Christ. And then you've got to be patient in affliction. you got to be patient when you have troubles. Man, patient is developed in the times that you need it. Endurance is developed when you need endurance. And when you're in those troubles, when you're in those wives, when you're in the confusion, when you don't understand, let patience be developed in that moment. And don't give up praying. Man, don't give up praying. We're going to talk about this next week. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Why doesn't God answer my We're going to dive into that. But hear me. This morning, the antidote to you getting past your why, you got to keep praying. you got to keep seeking. you got to keep going after him. And you got to keep that relationship because your hope's not in the situation you find yourself in. Your hope isn't in finding reason of why this all happened. Your hope is that you have salvation. And you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Psalms 10, we talked about it. Why do you seem so distant, God? Where are you when I'm in trouble? If you go back and if you read that whole psalm, psalmist at the end of it cries out to the Lord. The psalmist didn't turn his back on the Lord. The psalmist didn't say, I don't even know why I'm doing this any longer. No, no, the psalmist cried out, and he praised, and he prayed at the end of that psalm. And he understood, man, he didn't let his confusion in the distant affect his, him, him and keep him from crying out. And some of us, the opposite is true for us. You've allowed the confusion and the hurt and the pain to distance you from your very hope, to distance you from the one thing that's going to help you make it through, your relationship with Jesus Christ. This morning, I'm not standing up here being judgmental. Man, I'm your biggest cheerleader this morning. My prayer and my hope is that this jumps off the screen at you. Man, you still have something to be joyful about. You still have hope. And it's hard to develop patience, and it's hard to develop endurance in troubles. But let that be developed and keep praying and keep seeking. My buddy Corey said this at the very end of his story. They've lost Alex. They've gone home. The heartbreak, they're broken. They're stuck with why. They don't know why all this. Why would you give us Alex and then take him away? And he says this over the course of the next few weeks. We attempted to put things back together and begin to heal as best we could. One Friday afternoon as I left the hospital from work, heading home, I received a call from Jennifer's 
OBGYN who had been with us every step of the way over the past eight years. This was a man who was heartbroken as well as he delivered Alex's lifeless body. And he called to check on us and he told me he had some news. A college student who was 38 weeks pregnant walked into his office that afternoon asking for help. She had no prenatal care and had been, been to several other physicians to start care in previous weeks, but felt like something was pulling her to Dr. Goff. Dr. Goff was very busy and not taking any new patients. However, he wanted to help. She began to tell him that while she was pregnant, she knew that she could not keep the baby, but felt that there was a family out there who desperately needed a child. She begged Dr. Goff to find her this family, and as we talked that afternoon, he asked me to consider her situation and felt like this child was meant for us. That night, in total disbelief, confusion, elation, Jennifer and I prayed and discussed this possibility, and that Friday afternoon, we decided to go for it. We began the process. The mother went into labor early on Tuesday morning, and Andrew, a perfect, healthy baby boy, was born. Dr. Goff, I love this, Dr. Goff delivered him in the exact same delivery room where we lost Alex. Andrew was perfect. A spitting image of me as a baby, healthy and beautiful in every way. We took him home on a Thursday. Six days previous, we were heartbroken and childless. As we left that hospital with Andrew, where only a few weeks earlier we had crawled away broken, we were now parents. Andrew is now 10 years old in the pride of our life. Life hasn't been perfect, but God's grace, timing, and his provisions are. I still have so many questions to this day that may never be answered. Why did we have to suffer so much with Alex? Why couldn't we have Alex and Andrew? We have many questions, but we know without a doubt that God has always and will always provide and bless us beyond our wildest imaginations. He does things in a way that leaves no doubt that his hand orchestrated it. And I want to leave you with one scripture this morning. It's found in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And this is my prayer for you. All of you that are stuck with your why, all of you that are stuck with dealing with loss, all of you that are dealing with a situation you never imagined you would be dealing with in a million years, all of you that are confused and hurt and don't understand, this is my prayer and this is my hope to your why. Romans 15, 13, I pray that God source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the holy spirit i may not be able to answer your why but what i do know is this you can still trust even though you don't understand let's pray lord this is a heavy message. And I know as a pastor, there's so many people that are watching at home that are struggling. Some have been struggling for weeks, some months, and some years. And Lord, it's, it's, it's hard to get past the why. Some of us were looking for reasons. Some of us were looking for it to make sense. And I just prayed this morning that we would understand there's sometimes 
It doesn't make sense this side of eternity. There's not going to be a good reason that ever satisfies us. But God, I pray, just like Rick Warren said, that we would understand more than reasoning, we need your presence. More than reasoning, we need your presence. And that we would understand there's always hope. There's always hope. And so, God, I pray for some of us that we would begin to trust you again because we've been hanging on to all the anger and all the hurt and all the confusion for too long. This morning, I pray that we may not understand it all, but I pray that we would trust you through it all because we understand you are capable of getting us from point A to point B. And I pray that we would keep hoping that we would endure and we would be patient in trials and we would keep praying. Lord, move in us. Be with us. And man, do a work in lives today. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning is your home. I want to encourage you if you're there, and I talked about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that our hope is because we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe, maybe you know him, maybe it's professional, but, but somewhere along the line, you drifted away. Some, somewhere along the line, man, you just fell away from where you know you should be at. We want to help you change that. And in just a second, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. And I know it may feel awkward, and I know it may feel weird. And some of you, maybe you just got mad, and you walked away from the whole relationship of Jesus Christ. I don't know where you are, but you know where you are, and you know there needs to be a change, and you know that your relationship isn't right. Man, you've got to make a decision for you, and only you can do this for you. And if that's you, when I count to three, all I'm going to ask is that you repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. One two, three. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. God, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. Thank you.